Did you get a chance to check out my communication guide yet? If not, what are you waiting for? It's three simple things that you can do to improve communication in your relationship so that whether you're talking about something awesome or talking about something really challenging, you can still build connection with your partner. The way to get it is to visit neilsatin.com slash relate. That's R-E-L-A-T-E. Or you can simply text the word relate to the number 33444 and follow the instructions and I will send you a link to the guide. The guide has three things that you can put into practice right away that will not only make you a better communicator, but they'll also have a positive impact on your relationship. So check it out. Okay, on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Relationship Alive. This is your host, Neil Satin. I hope you got a chance to check out last week's episode with Sue Johnson, where we talked about attachment style and sex, and basically explained exactly why the more safety and secure attachment you can create in your relationship, the better sex, the better connection, and the more passion you're going to have with your partner. And we talk about exactly how to do that. So I hope you had a chance to check out that episode. I also wanted to give you a quick heads up because next week I will be talking with Andrew Harvey, who's one of the top spiritual teachers of our time. We're diving into his book, Evolutionary Love Relationships, which is all about how you can overcome the modern day tendency to have a very insular relationship where everything you do is about each other or about your family and and how to bridge that out into the world so that you have this never-ending supply of energy and creativity and and also have the opportunity to really affect the world with the love and connection that you experience with your partner. So we talk all about that next week. It's a great conversation. So let's see. I let you know about last week. I'm letting you know about next week. How about we get started with this week's episode? So there's something really important that I want for you. And I want it I want you to have this in your life in general, and I also want you to experience this in your relationship. And what I want for you is this sense of being okay. So often in our life and in our relationships, we hand over our okayness to someone else or something else. So we're relying on circumstances outside of us to make us okay. And that's great when things are going your way and your expectations are being met, then it's really easy to be okay and to feel like you're going right along on that joyride. However, when things take a turn and maybe stop going your way, or even worse, something really horrible happens, which I'm not wishing for you, of course, but those things can happen, then suddenly if 
all of the uh, joy and happiness or simply your sense of safety was dependent on that external thing, then you're pretty much screwed. So I'm hoping for you that you can learn how to be okay no matter what. And for me, this lesson, it's come up several times in my life. But one of the most recent times happened during the time that Chloe and I were breaking up with each other. And this is something that I've mentioned on the podcast before. I talked about it a lot way back in uh, my episode with Catherine Woodward Thomas on conscious uncoupling. And in fact, I think I talked about it in the very um, beginning episodes when when I spoke to her the very first time. I think that was episode number three. And, and it's come up over and over again because there was so much important learning that happened for me and for us that enabled us to come back together in a way that was even more powerful than what we had experienced when we first met and came together. So we were broken, broken up or breaking up. I'm not quite sure how you would look at it. I guess we were engaged in the process of breaking up. And during that time, the operating assumption was that eventually we would be completely going our separate ways. But for that period of time, we made a commitment with each other that to the greatest extent possible, we were going to focus on doing our own work and trying to figure out whatever was happening within us that kept leading to our feeling the need to not be together because it had come up a few times over the course of the first part of our relationship. So I remember really vividly this one night where I realized how desperately I wanted to be with Chloe. And it wasn't this wanting to be with her that was coming from a really healthy place of how amazing she was and how amazing we were together or anything like that. It was this really deep fear-based need to be with her. And if I couldn't be with her, then I felt this palpable sense of panic. And I remember this one night in particular where I was alone and this feeling came up for me really strongly. And immediately after that feeling came up of this really palpable, scared, oh my God, like what's going to happen if we can't be together or she ends up with someone else or, you know, all of those things that were coming up. And my, I think my thoughts were racing and my heart was racing and it, it felt a lot like panic. And I had all of these automatic things that I wanted to do. Um, primarily, I wanted to reach out and connect and I wanted to connect with her first and foremost. So it would have been natural for me to shoot her a text just to sort of check in because we were we were in communication during this time. In fact, we were still uh, talking all the time. But 
there was something about reaching out to her in that moment that I recognized would have been more about helping me through that fear than actually uh, solving anything. So I wanted to reach out to her and I didn't. And then the next thing I wanted to do was reach out to a friend and I didn't. And in that moment, I remember really clearly thinking, you know what, I need to get to the other side of this. I need to find out what this is all about. So I just lay there on my bed and I felt the feeling that I was feeling. And even just remembering back to that moment, it's, um, it comes over me. And not in a scary way because I'm, I'm pretty much past that whole thing that I went through. Um, and you're going to find out why in a moment. But in that, in those moments of being there lying in bed and just waiting and feeling the feeling and feeling the panic and the terror um, and allowing my heart to race. And I realized that on some level, I didn't know what I needed in that moment. I thought I was scared. I thought I was alone. I thought I needed to reach out to someone and I prevented myself from doing that. And in fact, by just being there in bed, I was preventing myself from doing all the things that I would normally do to deflect that uncomfortable feeling. Again, deepening the feeling, allowing me to feel it even more clearly within my body. And I got to feel exactly what was happening and how I was breathing and how my heart was racing. And, and because I wasn't sure what I needed and because I was in the midst of something really painful, I actually did something that at the time I almost never did. And that was I asked within for help. And I think looking back on it, I wasn't just asking within, please help me, but I was also asking without. I was asking for some guidance from somewhere, some comfort, something beyond me, something to help me get through such deep pain and fear and panic that was coming up for me. And I didn't even know exactly what it was about. That would have made it easier. You know, oh, this is reminding you of the time when your parents sent you to your room. And like, yeah, none of that. None of that. It was just this raw terror that came over me. So I asked for help. And I remember really clearly this feeling that I had of one or two, I think it was two hands on my back. And at the time I was kind of lying on my side and I was just really feeling awful. And, but I felt, and it was such a clear sensation. And, you know, there's no mistaking the feeling of someone putting a hand on your back. And I felt it so clearly that I knew on some level I was not alone. And that was a powerful feeling for me. But because the not aloneness wasn't coming from 
another person. It was coming from something within me, something in my connection to myself or to something greater. And I'm not going to pretend that I know exactly what it was. I don't know. But I do know that it had this huge impact on me and helped me calm down. And then as I was calming, I suddenly had this clear vision of needing to be held. And not only that, but I saw that I could hold myself in that moment. And that's what I literally did. I wrapped my arms around myself and I squeezed tight. And at the same time, I also offered gratitude to whoever, whatever was providing, was also providing me with that support of the, the hand, hands on my back. Now, some of you in this moment might be thinking, whoa, that sounds a little out there. And I want to tell you that, like, I have a very practical approach to dealing with shit in my life. It's kind of a whatever works approach. And you know, like on the show, I've had, um, well, Sue Johnson and John Gottman, they're great examples. These are people whose work around relationship has been researched thoroughly and shown uh, in the majority of cases to be really profoundly effective and helpful for people in their lives. And yet I also have found that that kind of stuff doesn't always do the trick. It does sometimes, but it doesn't all the time. And if it did all the time, then then uh, we'd be all set, you know? But the problem is that even when someone's work statistically works 87% of the time, what do you do in those other 13%? If, you're, if you fall in there, are you just screwed? I don't think so. I think that there are all kinds of alternatives out there. So you've probably gathered from this show that I'm drawing upon so many resources because whatever works is awesome. <laughs> like Now, granted, I don't want anyone to feel like deluded and that delusion is the way that you get to um, a thriving relationship. Not at all. However, if something brings you closer to your connection with the thing within you that makes you great, that you brought with you into this life and makes you shine more brightly, or if it gets you more connected with your partner or seeing them with more compassion, or that opens you up to the wonderful amazingness that is life, because even if you're a strict materialist and you and you believe that there's a logical sequence that got you exactly to where you are and you know from the very uh, first protozoa in the ocean until where you stand today you still got to admit it's pretty miraculous it's pretty amazing so for me personally allowing myself to experience that wonder and that amazement is a huge part of how I thrive in my life, of how I stay optimistic, of how I keep growing and learning and thriving and keep connecting with Chloe. In fact, some of the most profound experiences that she and I have had 
could be described as nothing other than spiritual, than our getting in touch with something greater. Now, for me, those have been profound, amazing experiences. And I hope that you have profound, amazing experiences too, whatever that means to you. So opening yourself up to what's profound and amazing in life and finding your way there by whatever means necessary, really. Um, So for me, whatever means necessary often includes opening up to the potential, the possibility that there could be other realms. There could be other forces at work that haven't been able to be explained in a research lab quite yet, but they influence the way that we are in our lives. And, and sometimes uh, profoundly for the positive and so much of the healing work that has happened that's helped me in my journey to connection with Chloe and her and her journey to connection with me has been coming from this profound sense of possibility and spirit. So that was a little bit of a, of a tangent, but a really important tangent, um, because all of that is important. I want you to be well-resourced as you move forward in your life and in your relationship. And as you get to that place where you can feel completely okay, no matter what. And that was, for me, the profound consequence of this experience that I'm telling you about. When it was over, when the panic was gone, when I saw that I could, in fact, nurture and nourish myself, and, you know, I even got an assist from a hand on my back, that sensation of a hand on my back, You know, that was the moment that I realized that I was going to be okay, no matter what happened with Chloe. In fact, the more now that I'm telling you about it, I think I even heard that voice within my existence, within my being that said, you are okay. You're okay now, and you're going to be okay tomorrow. And you're going to be okay the day after that. And you've been okay this entire time. It was really profound for me. And from that sense of okayness, I was then able to start making choices about how to interact with Chloe, how to interact with other people in my life that was much more healthy and much more generative, life-giving. And and ultimately, I think, was a huge part of the healing process that led Chloe and me back together. So she obviously had a part in that as well. And there was more to that journey. There, there was definitely more for me to uncover, and still is on my path to, to being me more fully. And, and, you know, we'll talk about that in another episode. For now, I just want you to get that if there is something, some fear that's making you think that you're not going to be okay if something happens, you're not going to be okay if you speak your truth to your partner, you're not going to be okay if um, something amazing happens or if something horrible happens, you're not going to be okay if you're vulnerable, you're not going to be okay if you ask for what you want. 
you're not going to be okay if you make the difficult choice to leave. And, you know, I think you've, if you've listened to many episodes, you've gotten that, you know, I, I really do think leaving is a last resort, um, but sometimes it's the right choice. It's, and sometimes it's the only choice, um, but you don't want to make that choice or not make it because of fear. You want to be turning towards your courage, turning towards your sense of who you are in the world, your own journey into healing, into connection within, connection with your partner, and being more fully expressed in the world. That's my wish for you. So can you be okay no matter what? And if you can't, well, what are you afraid of? And if you can, in as safe a manner as possible, explore that fear that's holding you back and allow yourself to get to the other side, however that works, but by actually truly facing in to the fear. And I think that's through giving yourself permission to experience it and um, but setting it up in a safe way, you know, so that you're you're taking care of yourself. And in fact, you would even start with that expectation that, um, you know, for me was a surprise, but it doesn't have to be a surprise to you. So I'm just going to set it right now that when you're experiencing that, you have all of the capacity that you need to take care of yourself. That resource is within you. And then when you do and you get to the other side, then you'll start to see more clearly all the positive reasons for making whatever important choices you need to make so that you can step up and show up and be there in connection with your partner, with your kids, with your family, with your friends, and as you move through the world. So can you be okay no matter what? My hope for you is that you go through the process that's necessary in order to be a yes to that question. Well, I hope this episode has been helpful and inspiring for you. It's been really great to be able to share a little bit more with you about my personal experience and uh, that one in particular was so profound for me um, that here I am, you know, that's probably three years later, and it's, it's still very vivid for me. So please join the conversation. Let us know about your answer to that question in the Relationship Alive community on Facebook, or you can always drop me a line. My email is neilius, N-E-I-L-I-U-S, at neilsatin.com. I cannot promise that I will respond to your email because I do get a lot of email these days, but I will definitely read your email. And, um, and who knows, if you ask a question, I, will, I promise to keep you anonymous, but I might answer it in a future episode of the podcast. In the meantime, have a great week, and I'm wishing you and sending you so much courage in this journey of being okay no matter what, and uh, maybe even better than okay. 
And uh, I look forward to seeing you next week with Andrew Harvey. Until then, take care. Thank you for listening to another episode of Relationship Alive. If you like what you've heard and want to make it easier for other people to find out about us, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review us on iTunes. If you have questions or comments or want to continue the conversation, you can always join our Relationship Alive community Facebook group. And for more information about today's episode, visit us online at neilsatin.com slash podcast. Or you can always text the word PASSION, P-A-S-S-I-O-N, to the number 33444 for more information. Finally, do you have a burning question that you're hoping we can have answered here on Relationship Alive, either for a future or past guest? Let me know and I'll see what I can do. Take care and see you next time.